Hi, my name is Jenny Donnelly. Thank you for joining us for Rain and Rest. We are in week 15, almost halfway through the 31-week plan for Rain and Rest. So I'm so glad you're with us. Thank you so much. Okay, so for the next couple weeks, I want to talk about that crazy word, that crazy feeling called disappointment and really winning the war of disappointment. So today, let's just start unpacking this and the next week we'll get into it a little bit more. But what about disappointment? Have you felt disappointed even today? I have. I did just minutes ago, actually, before starting to film this video. And disappointment is something that can be really sneaky. It can be really subtle. It can be as subtle as I can't find my car keys, right? Or my phone is losing a charge and I'm not all the way home and I don't have a charger. I mean, let's think about this. How many opportunities we have to be disappointed in just 24 hours. It's a lot. So my husband, Bob Donnelly, him and I were talking a few weeks ago about disappointment. He was sharing something with me and I thought, man, that's so good. I want to share this with you because it really ministered to me. And what he was talking about was hope and disappointment cannot coexist. They cannot exist in the same atmosphere. We can't have a ton of hope and also be disappointed. Now, this is a problem because if we agree with disappointment, whether it's large or small, whether the circumstance is terrible or it's just annoying, disappointment will always snuff out hope and it makes it um, impossible for us to have hope within. Now, this is a problem because faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith and hope work together like ingredients. And faith is the very thing that we get to put out there, right? Our faith is like the currency, it's the currency of the kingdom, it's the currency of heaven. It's what we get to put out there for God to use to produce amazing miracles in our life. And I know that you have some miracles that you are wanting God to make happen in your life. I do. I have some things on the table. I have some things within my own emotions, within my own self that I want to see breakthrough and I want to see miracles. But what if our faith deflates because disappointment has come in and tricked us into agreeing with an atmosphere of disappointment? And so I want you over the next 24 hours to think about how many times disappointment tries to come and get you to agree with it. Think of it this way. You and I have both gotten invitations for weddings, for birthday parties, for whatever, and it comes in the mail and then it requires you to RSVP, maybe send in a little card for a wedding or email and say, I'm coming. This is how disappointment presents itself. It like sends you an invitation like, hey, let's get disappointed. But we have to RSVP for that. We actually have to say, you know what? I am disappointed. I'm going to be disappointed. So I want you to think about these crazy things that happen in our life, whether it's small or big, and they come in the form of an invitation. And then we actually have to make a conscious decision right then and there. Am I going to go to the disappointment party? Am I going to just go there? Am I just going to make the rest of my day about being disappointed or Am I going to look at the situation and say, okay, that was aggravating or that was unexpected? You know, I'm not saying to deny your emotions. I'm just saying that we need to look at them and say, is this where I'm going to land for the day? Is this where I'm going to land in my emotions and with my family? 
we have a decision to make right then and there. And you know, there are some invitations I've received. I couldn't go to their wedding or I couldn't go to the party. I just couldn't, my schedule wouldn't allow it. And that's how we have to look at this. We have to look at it like, okay, disappointment just showed up. It's asking me to RSVP. Do I have time? Do I have the capacity to entertain disappointment for the rest of the day? Or maybe my schedule won't allow for this, right? And the miracles on the table and the things that I want to happen in my heart and in my family and in my relationships and in my business, I have to have faith instead. Because when we agree, when we RSVP to the disappointment, we actually have to uninvite faith because faith is now no longer, it's like emptying your wallet. It's like you look in your wallet because the currency of the kingdom is faith. You look in your kingdom wallet and there's no currency because we went to the disappointment party. Okay. Now, when we're talking about things in life that are absolutely horrific, we've all gone through things that are just really, really traumatizing, right? I am not talking about, hey, you shouldn't feel disappointed about that. I want to be really clear, but I do want to pinpoint the offer of the enemy where he says, you need to live here. You need to live in a place where you no longer believe that God has better things for you. You need to believe that life is just kind of against you. And then we slip into being a victim from disappointment. I'm just cautioning us from living in that place where we feel like we're up against something too big and we'll never come out of it. And God must not see where we are. I just want us to be careful that we don't RSVP to disappointment because hope needs to be on board. I want to read to you a passage of scripture that just, I mean, it, it riveted me, honestly. It, it gives us such insight to what we should do when the disappointment invitation comes, when we have an opportunity to feel aggravated and disappointed. I want you to check this out. This is so good. This is from Acts 16, and I'm starting with verse 16. This is when Paul and Silas are going through Rome, and it starts here with the Python spirit, okay? One day, as we were going to the house of prayer, we encountered a young slave girl who had an evil spirit of divination, the spirit of Python. She had earned great profits for her owners by telling a by being a fortune teller. She kept following us, shouting, these men are servants of the great high God, and they're telling us how to be saved. Day after day, she continued to do this until Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit indwelling her, I command you in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to come out of her now. At that very moment, the spirit came out of her. When her owners realized that their potential of making profit had vanished, they forcefully seized Paul and Silas and dragged them off to the city square to face the authorities. When they appeared before the Roman soldiers and magistrates, the slave owners leveled accusations against them saying, these Jews are troublemakers. They're throwing our city into confusion. They're pushing their Jewish religion down our throats. It's wrong and unlawful for them to promote these Jewish ways for we are Romans living in a Roman colony. Okay, right here, I just want to take note that Paul and Silas, they are saying, listen, they're not Romans, they're Jews, and they're coming into a place where they are not citizens and this is unlawful for them to do this. That's the accusation. Now in reality, Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. Okay. You got to know that because they actually didn't break the law. 
But guess what happens next? A great crowd gathered and all the people joined in to come against them. The Roman officials ordered that Paul and Silas be stripped of their garments and beaten with rods on their bare backs. What? This is crazy. Now this next section, miracles can come out of painful places. Stick with me. After they were severely beaten, after they were severely beaten, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them securely. So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. Paul and Silas, undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. So let's capture this. Here's these guys just preaching the gospel. They get accused of being uh, non-Roman citizens coming in, pushing religion down their throats. The Roman officers immediately order that them be beaten on their bare backs. They're taken to prison. Their feet are bound. And then it says, Paul and Silas undaunted. And their response was to pray in the middle of the night and sing songs of praise to God. I have a lot to learn right here. I am telling you, I am not quite here yet. <laughs> you can ask my kids that. Nope, mom's not quite there yet. When she gets discouraged, when she gets disappointed, we're not seeing mom praise. We're not seeing her always do this. Now, have I? Of course I have, but I we're in this together, okay? We are in this together. But this is so astounding to me that they were undaunted. And I want you to hang on to that word because we're going to come back to it in just a minute. So let me read the rest of this. Suddenly, okay, so here they are praising. Suddenly, a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. All at once, every prison door flung open and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. Startled, the jailer awoke and saw every cell door standing open. Okay, I want you to get this. A massive invitation to be disappointed. Hello. Not only are they stopped from their ministry, they're beaten on their bare backs. I can't just, I just can't get over that. They're beaten on their bare backs. They're bound. And because they didn't let disappointment take over, they had hope. They, they did something aggressive and intentional to make sure that their hope stayed high. And so they went into praise and they went into worship. I don't think they felt that way. I don't think a person who is beaten on their back could just go, well, I think we'll just break into worship here. I think they knew. I think they knew we have one way or another way to go here. We are a fork in the road. We could completely lose our junk right now and just absolutely retaliate. Or we can do something to make sure our hope stays high so that the faith can dominate the situation. Faith made the prison door come open. All the prison doors came open because faith was able to operate because disappointment was not allowed in their hearts or in the atmosphere. I'm just completely inspired by this. So here's this jailer. He freaks out because he's like, uh-oh, they're all gone. And he goes to kill himself. Paul says, nope, don't kill yourself. We're all still here. Ends up going to the jailer's house. The whole household gets saved. And I'm thinking, hold on a minute. Now they're getting people saved? What? They are op operating in hope and faith, like, wow. And then, I, I really like this. They say, hey, listen, um, the magistrates realized that 
you guys are Roman citizens. And they're, they're, the government's like, oh, our bad. Okay, bye, go ahead and leave. And Paul and Silas say, actually, we'd like to be escorted out because we did not get a um, fair trial. And it said that down here, you have to read through this, but it says, when the officers went back and reported, this is verse 38, when the officers went back and reported what Paul and Silas had told them that they were Roman citizens, the magistrates were frightened, especially upon hearing that they had beaten two Roman citizens without due process. So now where did the fear go? Because they resisted the, the temptation to be disappointed and they went into praise and prayer. Then a miracle happened. The jail cells come open and where did fear and disappointment end up? It ended up on the enemy. Isn't that amazing? And I want to point out to you really quick before I end this video, I had to look up the word daunted, undaunted, because I, I was like, that word is just striking me. And I looked up daunted and then I thought, well, what does daunt mean? Because if we're undaunted, what does that mean? Daunt means make to make someone feel intimidated or apprehensive. So it comes with intimidation or apprehensive, making you feel like you are unable to accomplish something. Interesting, right? I felt that today, by the way. Undaunted, however, is not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. They were undaunted. They were not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. So next week, we're going to continue this conversation. But over the next 24 hours, here's the challenge. And this is my challenge too, is that every time we see the little invitation show up, like, oh, I'm about to be disappointed right here. And then you go, nope, I'm going to go into praise and prayer. And I am going to make sure I'm going to aggressively make sure that disappointment doesn't settle in. And I'm just going to praise God through this. And I believe that we're going to see miracles with that. But I also believe over the next 24 hours, we're going to do it at least a dozen times. I think so. Let's not let even the smallest bit of disappointment steal our rest. We'll see you next week.